So this passage that you just read, or heard read in the Sermon on the Mount, I think in this whole Sermon on the Mount is one of the most fascinating texts to apply. To apply. Meaning to really understand what Jesus is saying and also to be intentional in how we apply it to our lives. And I say that because on the one hand, I think, and, and basically every commentator I read this week said this too, I think that this passage, and especially verse 1 here, is something that is so often and so easily misunderstood and misapplied. For example, one commentator I read this week opened up talking about this passage like this. He said this, quote, This passage is frequently abused and misapplied. It is possible to press the words of the Bible so far that they yield not medicine, but poison, end quote. In other words, again, on the one hand, this passage can be, in church, it often is misunderstood. It's, it's pressed to a place that Jesus never intended it, used to justify things that God's word would never justify, and often it's just misapplied, which we will talk about a lot. But then... On the other hand, when this passage is rightly applied as Jesus intended it, it is a fascinating passage because it's incredibly impactful and because what Jesus says here is so drastically different and more beautiful than you and I usually act. And therefore, I do think that actually following what Jesus is going to teach us here more and more really can change our lives. And we'll talk about that more as well. But anyway, so that's what we'll be talking about this morning together. Not just understanding what Jesus says, but making sure we rightly apply it. But all that said, let's just begin and dive in then together. But first, quickly, just as for our outline for how we'll go through what Jesus says to us here. As always, we will go verse by verse. And as we do so, we'll essentially ask three questions in three sections. Three questions in three sections. First, we'll be looking at verses 1 and 2. And there we'll ask, what is... And what importantly isn't Jesus' command here to judge not? Which then second will lead us to verses 3 through 5 where we'll ask, and how does Jesus illustrate for us and apply his command to judge not? Which then third and finally will lead us to just that verse 6 where we'll ask, and why in the world does Jesus end this passage with that confusing verse about not giving to dogs and pigs pearls and what is holy? And so all that said, those are our three questions. In summary, first, what is and what isn't this command here from Jesus to us? Second, and how does he illustrate and apply his command? And third, what is that last verse about not giving to dogs and pigs what is holy in verse 6? But all that said, let's then dive in now and begin our first section. Again, here we are asking, so what is, importantly, what isn't this command here from Jesus to judge not? And for this, we're going to be in verses 1 and 2. And to start... Let's just hear again what Jesus has to say, and then we'll talk about it. And so to begin, look down at your Bibles now if you can. Jesus says this to begin, verses 1 and 2. Judge not, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so as you can hear, the main command from Jesus in this whole passage is verse 1. And then in verse 2, he gives his initial reason for it. And just to be clear, again, the reason why we're asking here what is, and importantly, what isn't this command, is because, again, what's often happened with these verses, and especially that verse 1 you just heard, is that sometimes people take that command to a place Jesus didn't intend for it to go. But then also, let's all be clear, on the other side, sometimes people 
And honestly, often religious people, we don't take seriously enough what Jesus actually does say. And so again, we need to see what this command actually is and what it isn't. And to do so, just stick with me as we break this all down. And so first, to begin on this, we need to focus on that word judge here that Jesus uses, or judgment in verse 2. Because that word is significant. In the original language, it could mean judge like someone does in court, but it also could simply mean something like analyze or evaluate. And that's important to note because what sometimes people do with this verse is that they hear the English word judge and then they put on it their own specific meaning of the word, which they usually imply is something like making any moral judgments at all. But that's not necessarily what Jesus is saying here. Instead, we have to ask, what type of judging or judgment is Jesus talking about? Well, what most commentators and scholars will point out is that Jesus can't be talking about all judging or analyzing or even all moral analyzing, which we'll talk about why in a minute. Instead, he is talking about a type of judgment where if we, if we had to all sum it up, we would say that he's talking about a judgment where we judge on things that we're not supposed to and he's talking about a judging on things that are especially reserved for God alone to judge. Let me say that again. He's talking about a type of judgment where we judge on things we're not supposed to and where we judge on things which are especially reserved for only God to judge. Really, that's what Jesus is commanding us here. And now I'll show you why in a minute, why that's the case. But right now, from the start, I do think that's quite important for all of us to understand. Because that means, church, that this command doesn't mean we shouldn't or can't make judgments in certain situations, such as on issues like the truthfulness of the gospel or concerning false teachers like false prophets that Jesus is about to talk about, even in the same chapter 7, or concerning certain issues of morality when it's in the church or more issues like that. That's not what Jesus is intending here. Instead, he's talking about knowing that God is the ultimate judge. And then when it comes to things that aren't our place to judge or are basically just our opinions concerning others, we are to judge not. And so in short, that's what this command is from Jesus and what it isn't. But now, so that's what I've told you this command is. But as we always say here at ECC, remember, it's not ultimately what I have to say necessarily, but it's about what God's word actually means. And so the question I hope you're asking in your seat right now is, but why is that what Jesus means when he says, judge not? Why isn't this verse something we should take and say we should never make any judgments at all? And if you're thinking that, that's a good question. And so now to, to prove that that's what Jesus is getting at here, that he's not necessarily talking about all judgments, but he's talking about not judging on things we're not called to judge and basically not taking the place of God, Here's just four arguments, mainly from Matthew here, but also from elsewhere in the New Testament. Just four arguments that I think prove that that's what Jesus means by this command. And just so you know, we will, of course, apply all of this a lot, especially in our second section. But for now, here's just four arguments to show what Jesus actually means by this command. Especially because this command is so often misunderstood. Number one, proof and argument number one for this actually, I think, comes from the second half of verse one. The second half of verse one. Because there, notice, if you look down, the Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. And that be not judged is significant because as you can see, it's in the passive voice, meaning someone else is judging us. And so the question is, well, who would be the one who's judging us in the second half here? 
And the answer, almost everyone agrees, is it would be God. Right, God would be the one judging us. And that matters because that means Jesus is thinking about God's judgment here in this section. And he therefore might be saying, and I think he is, don't judge in a way reserved for God alone because if you do so, you will be judged accordingly by God. And so that's the first and a more basic reasoning for why this command is about things only reserved for God, which then leads to the second argument. And for this, now look again at verse 2. Look again at verse 2. So Jesus says, judge not like God so that you won't be judged by God. And then he says this, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it will be measured to you. And now that may sound confusing, but in short, what Jesus is saying is that whatever judgment you give toward others, God sees it, and he will judge you with the same standard of judgment. And now again, if you think about it, I do think that starts to prove that Jesus is really thinking about things reserved for God's judgment here. Because think about it, concerning others, they can't always judge us in the same way we judge them, because often our judgment is internal and unseen by them. But Jesus is saying, if we judge others in a certain way where God has not endorsed that judgment, and therefore we're essentially taking the place of God, do you know who always does see that? God. And he'll hold you accountable for the ways that you're being overly judgmental towards others. And now, as a brief side note on all of that, and just slowing down for a second and kind of moving away for our, from our arguments for a minute, let me just be clear at this point, church, that nothing in this whole passage goes against the gospel of Jesus or anything. I just want to make that clear. Nothing goes against the gospel. Meaning what Jesus is saying here doesn't change the good news of Christianity where you and I really are secure and loved and saved forever by trusting in Jesus alone. And quickly, I just, I just want to say that because you right now may be hearing all this from Jesus and from me about God judging you and me. And all of a sudden, you could think that it could mean that Jesus is here now teaching that we must be good enough to not be condemned by God. Or that if you're a Christian and then you all of a sudden slip into making such bad judgments, then God could judge you in a way that sends you to hell or something like that. But let's just be crystal clear, that is not what Jesus is teaching at all. That's not what he's saying. Because we are secure in this Savior King of ours. And we are saved and adopted into God's very family by trusting in Jesus alone. And as the Bible says, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But what then is all this talk about judgment about? Well, it's because, yes, we are secure in Jesus. And yet still, we need to know God's word is clear. Our God who loves us does take into account what we do, church. Not to decide if we're saved or not, but still, all that you and I do is analyzed or judged, if you will. That's a, that's a biblical concept. And, and that is to be a consideration for why we want to obey God and not sin. But even more so, the truth is, that is to be a consideration for why you and I, even in this passage, should even more happily cling to the gospel. <laughs> Because I hope hearing this, you realize we all judge others in ways we shouldn't. And we should know God sees those judgments. But that's why, number one, again, we should hear all this and be stirred to not judge in places we shouldn't judge. But even more so, again, number two, that's why we should so, even right now, in this message, appreciate Jesus and the forgiveness he offers. 
But anyway, so that's verse 2. And again, back to what we're talking about. That's the second argument here for which shows, which shows us that Jesus is really talking about judgment reserved only for God. Which now leads to argument number 3. And if you haven't been convinced by anything yet that Jesus isn't talking about all judgments, this argument, I think, is the most easily convincing. And so why is verse 1 saying that, not saying that we're never to make any judgments? Well, for now, for this, skim ahead actually in your Bibles to verse 5. Verse 5. And we'll talk about this more later. But for now, notice Jesus is very soon also about to say this to us. Verse 5. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so that verse 5 is really important because Jesus is commanding us in verse 1 to judge not in a sense. Meaning to be sinfully judgmental or judge when God hasn't told us to judge. But then even in verse 5, Jesus does assume that if we aren't doing that or we're really not being hypocrites, then there is a place where we can lovingly and humbly Take the speck out of a brother's eye. You see that? Quote, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. In other words, there is a time for proper God-endorsed loving judgment. And so that's arguments one through three, which finally, for argument number four concerning why this isn't all judgments, I just want us to quickly not only focus on this passage, but hear some other things from the New Testament as well. Because seeing these will help us really understand what Jesus is and isn't saying. And so to begin, concerning the New Testament a little larger, well, as, as we already mentioned briefly, we first here do need to see that even a few paragraphs after this, Jesus is about to say this, quote, Beware of false prophets. You will recognize them by their fruits. In other words, even in the same chapter, Jesus is clear we are to analyze and recognize false teachers by their fruit. And so in a way, we are to look at and judge them. And then this sort of proper judgment, if you will, continues on very clearly in the rest of the New Testament. For example, John 7, 24, Jesus himself there in John uses the same exact verb to judge again. And yet in John 7, he says this, quote, Do not judge by appearances but judge with right judgment. So again, Jesus says sometimes we are to judge, but never in an appearance-focused way, but in a right way. And then, moving on in the New Testament, Paul uses the same word to judge in 1 Corinthians 5. And there, he's especially to, talking to us in the church, and he's talking about the church's holiness and the church's witness. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 12, quote, for what have I to do with judging outsiders, those outside the church? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? And, and quickly, I just want to say that is a verse that we as modern Christians rarely ever talk about. And honestly, it is one that we as modern Christians often get totally backwards. And so listen up, this is really, really important to us because Paul is so clear in God's word, in 1 Corinthians 5.12, and I just encourage you, write that down if you want to look this up for yourself. 1 Corinthians 5.12, Paul is so clear that concerning the morality of those outside the church, we are not to judge. We leave that to God since they do not claim to be Christians and what we ultimately want and pray for them is to come to Jesus and God himself will judge accordingly, not us. But then, when it comes to the morality and holiness of us inside God's church, 
out of love for our brothers and sisters and for God's glory and for our gospel witness, we are to analyze and judge. Not harshly, never pridefully, but we are to care about God's truth that we hold to, our holiness in God's name among us. And so we are to look out for one another in love. And again, that word judge that Paul uses is the same word that Jesus uses here. And finally, other verses that show this are, for example, quickly going to the Old Testament, like from Proverbs, right, which talks about the benefits of giving a loving judgment, such as Proverbs 9.8, quote, reprove a wise man and he will love you. Or from the New Testament again, there's verses like Galatians 6.1, which teach us, quote, Brothers, if anyone's caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And other verses could be listed as well. And now, I know that is a lot, but again, I do think that's quite important for you and I to see concerning this command here from Jesus. Because again, that does mean, just to be super clear, church, that concerning what this command here from Jesus in verse 1 isn't, it is not necessarily about never having any judgments about truth or holiness at all. For example, when it's endorsed or needed or humbly done and done for God's glory and the other's good inside God's church, there are just way too many New Testament passages that say that we must do that as Christians in Jesus' church. And so that's what this command isn't. But then, what then is it when Jesus says, judge not? Well, once again, this command from Jesus means that concerning where we do not have endorsement from God to judge, brothers and sisters, we really must not be judgmental. We really must not be judgmental. And that's why finally on this first section, now just to balance things out, if you will, it's why while the New Testament often does tell us to make right judgments on things, Man, it also does tell us a whole lot following Jesus here to be so careful to not judge when we shouldn't. For example, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, quote, Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness. You hear that? Do not judge on things that only Jesus should judge. Or James 4.12, quote, There is one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? Or finally, Romans 2.1, quote, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. In other words, summing it all up now, there is a time where we are to carefully, humbly, lovingly analyze and judge. But let's be clear, there is also an overarching command in God's word in a certain sense to judge not. There is an overarching command for you and I to be so careful about being judgmental and prideful in our hearts and words towards others when we have no call from God to judge. And basically, it is that which Jesus is deciding to bring up in his Sermon on the Mount. And why? Well, because as we're about to see in a second, he really does know how prone to being judgmental and prideful you and I truly are. So that's our first section. And that's the main command here from Jesus. But now that leads us to our second section. And for this, we'll be in verses 3 through 5. And here we're asking, and what does Jesus talk about to illustrate for us and apply what he means by judge not? 
And for this will be in his famous speck and log illustration, which I think points us specifically to what Jesus wants us to get from this. And for this, we're going to take these verses in two steps, starting with just verses 3 and 4. And so look down at your Bibles again. Jesus continues on just verses 3 and 4 for now. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? And so if Jesus' command in verse 1 was more general, he now here in verses 3 and 4 zooms in to make sure that you and I really apply it. And he does so by asking a why question in verse 3 and then a how question in verse 4. Why and how? And as for the why question he asks, he asks, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? And, and asking that as a why question is really interesting because think about it. Jesus technically here, therefore, is probing you and I to analyze why we're like this. Because let's be clear, what he's talking about is us being in a situation where we don't notice that we have something really wrong with us, right? A log in our eyes, but we decide to fixate on something small in somebody else, right? A speck in their eye, a tiny piece of wood. And so clearly that's hypocritical of us. But again, Jesus in his teaching, he doesn't just say that we're often like that. He could have. Instead, it's really clever. He wants us to ask ourselves, why are you and I like this? Why? And when you think about it, the answer is, well, it's because we really are that judgmental. <laughs> you see that? that? That's what Jesus wants us to feel. And this is where, again, we can now really start to see what Jesus is getting at in this passage. Because remember, yes, in verse 5, he's going to tell us that there can be a time when you genuinely and lovingly take the speck out of your brother's eye, when you judge in a certain way. But what we cannot do is be so judgmental that we don't look at ourselves first. Or better yet, not only that we don't look at ourselves first, because notice, it's interesting, in this illustration, it's not that I have a speck just like my brother has a speck. That would be interesting in itself. Rather, notice, it's actually here that he has a speck, but I've got a log. <laughs> Which means that when you and I are tempted to judge others, we should realize we actually may be even worse. So that's the why question of verse 3, which then leads in verse 4, Jesus to ask a different how question. He asks, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? And so verse 3 was more about why are we like this. Verse 4 is now about and how do you and I get to the point where we actually say and act in judgmental ways towards our brothers and sisters like that. And again, the answer to that question is the same. It's because we really are that judgmental. <laughs> we are. And specifically, Jesus is now saying, we're not only prone to be judgmental on our hearts, church, but that judgmentalism leads us to act and speak in certain ways as well. And so that's verses 3 and 4, and Jesus clarifying and applying what he means by judge not, which finally, in the second section, leads Jesus to pretty bluntly um, just give a loving rebuke to you and I. So look there now, verse 5. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So here's where we see again that technically 
Judging and helping someone out, even pointing out their speck, is not necessarily wrong or sinful in itself. Because in fact, Jesus tells us that there may be a time to do that. But before that, what does he say? Well, first, he rebukes all of us for being hypocrites. (laughs) For, For sinfully judging and thinking that we're all great and good. But then second, he also tells us, he commands us technically, to take the log out of our own eye first. And then, and only then, if we really do that, can we ever help to take the speck out of someone else's eye. Meaning first, we must so carefully judge and analyze ourselves and then and only then may we, in humility and genuine love, remove any speck from someone else. And so that's all verses three through five. And now, with all of that explained, to really bring that home to you and I, this finally is where I think that this passage is so applicable and practical. (laughs) So applicable and practical. And not only that, but this is where, as I said earlier, if you and I leave here and actually follow Jesus more in all of this, it really can change our lives. <laughs> because, because let's be honest, the truth is we're all so judgmental in our hearts. And not only that, but we all say things so often that are judgmental as well. We all, we all struggle with this. And now we all have different temptations concerning where and with what topics or with what people this is an issue for us. But still, think about it. We all have so many opinions or judgments which aren't explicitly endorsed in God's word, but where we just still think we are so right or better or wiser or just above someone else. Now again, it is true in God's word there are times we're supposed to analyze and judge. And it is true that even here in verse 5, there can be a genuine coming alongside someone helping take out that hurtful speck. Yes and amen. But, brothers and sisters, the reality is if we all really came to grips with the fact that, that according to Jesus, our Savior and King here, that often when you and I want to judge others, we have logs in our own eyes. I mean, just think about that. We're so concerned with what's going on with others. We have such opinions. We're so focused on these small speck-sized things that we think are worthy of giving our opinion about or focusing about on others. And yet all along, we have logs in our own eyes. (laughs) I mean, if you and I really came to see that about ourselves, do you see how much that would change how we live and act and speak? Do you see how that would make each of us so much more genuinely humble? So much more hesitant to be harsh or opinionated or to think we know best or to judge when it isn't our place to judge. And, and overall, that's the point that Jesus is getting at here. And practically then, this, this, this obviously applies to just so many things. To so many things. And I do encourage you to really prayerfully consider how this specifically applies to your life. But but quickly, just to briefly list a few obvious things. First, think perhaps about how we maybe judge someone harshly because of something they said to us. But then, if we just took a moment, we'd probably realize that we've not only said similar things to others, but we've probably said things that are way, way worse. (laughs) Or think about some argument maybe you had with your spouse where you assume the worst on them, but you always assume the best for yourself. Or think about some stance that you may have on some political issue that is not so clear-cut in God's word, and yet how quick you may be to judge others who disagree with you. Or think about how you might be prone to just judge others because of small things, right? By how they look or where they're from or something not important like that. Or honestly, most simply, just think about how often 
we hear that someone is doing one thing in their life and, and we think because we have our opinions and because we do it differently, then we just assume that we know best and we're right and we essentially put ourselves above them. Do you see how often we are just like what Jesus is commanding us against here? And so, and so for all of us, let's just make sure we actually work on this. Practically, next time you have a judgment, an opinion, an analysis on something you think is really wrong, and especially, hear me out, especially when it is something not genuinely 100% clear-cut in God's word, or especially when it concerns people who do not consider themselves Christians, or especially when it's just something that God has never told us to judge. Next time that happens, let's just all double and triple check what's going on. Ask yourself, is this something I really should judge? And then ask yourself, and even if I must humbly and lovingly judge here, do I have a log in my own eye? And those are the sort of questions Jesus wants us, his disciples, to start asking. And finally, I do think the more church we habitually start to think and act and speak like that, the more we simply usually just won't judge, right? The more we live in light of what Jesus says here, the less we'll be prideful and thinking we're so above others. And overall, we will become more loving people and people who more consistently follow verse 1 and judge not. That's our second section, which finally now leads us to our third and last section. For this, again, we're now just going to be in verse 6, and we're simply asking, okay, and now why, though, does Jesus end this passage with this confusing verse about not giving to dogs and pigs what is holy and pearls? And to be honest, this is a difficult and pretty seemingly jarring verse, but it comes right after what Jesus just said, and I do think he intentionally said it here to clarify what he's talking about. But anyways, first let's just read verse 6 and then we'll talk about it. So all that's about not being judgmental and critical and then Jesus commands this, verse 6. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. And so honestly, if you've been sitting there wondering why in this message I've made such a big deal out of saying that judge not does not necessarily mean never judge. It's not just because our culture learns a certain, leans a certain way, nor is it just because of the arguments we listed earlier, but it's also because of this verse here. This verse here. Because out of everything we've said this morning, it's this verse which in a way comes off the opposite of verse 1. And yet it's Jesus who decided to say it And he says it to us here. And so the question is, what does he mean? And to understand, let's just break down the verse. And so to begin, notice how Jesus talks about dogs and pigs. And then notice how the command is to not give them what is holy or your pearls. And on all that, first, concerning the dogs and pigs, just so you know, dogs back then weren't pets. Instead, they were known as wild and vicious, while pigs, in a similar way, were known as wild and unclean. And so Jesus here is using this to talk about wild, unclean, and genuinely vicious people. And then again, he says to us to not give to them, quote, what is holy and your pearls, which here in the Sermon of the Mount definitely includes what Jesus is teaching, but then also it almost certainly includes his precious gospel message that he's here accomplishing as well. 
And then finally, why are we not to give all that to them? We'll quote, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Meaning, lest they first despise what is precious and holy about Jesus, and then second, attack you because of it. And so that's, that's the verse. And hearing all that, you can probably sense what Jesus is saying, even though it's probably strange sounding at first, because essentially, clearly, what Jesus is saying is, so he's been talking in this whole Sermon Mount about his kingdom and the ways of his kingdom, and what is holy, that, and what is holy in the pearls is clearly all of that. And yet Jesus is the one who tells to us to not, in a certain sense, in a certain setting, throw all that to the dogs and the pigs. And now, why would he say that? (laughs) Well, here's the point. First, we must realize Jesus isn't being mean or cruel here. And I say that because especially in our Western non-offensive culture, we may hear this, And crazily enough, especially after verses 3 through 5 about being humble and not judging, what might you and I be prone to do right now? Well, we might be prone to hear this and judge Jesus because of what he's saying. (laughs) Because he's using the terms dogs and pigs. But remember, again, those words weren't exactly the same back then as they are to us. But also, just so you know, it was common in a way to talk about genuinely evil or twisted people, that sort of language. And so Jesus is not being unloving or excessively cruel. And yet, Jesus is saying something here. And what he's saying is, again, importantly, there's a time or a place for analyzing and judging how evil and harsh people are when they respond to Jesus and the gospel and to you and me, and then deciding because of that to not give it to them. That's just what Jesus says. And now, I know that may sound crazy or unbiblical. Because just think about it, just like with the opening command of verse 1 to not judge, so here we may hear that and know there are other places in the New Testament that seem to say the opposite. Right? For example, there's verses about how we are to preach the gospel to the whole world. And there's even verses in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is so clear, we are always to love our enemies. And so yes, all of that is true. And yet, what's also true according to our Lord Jesus is that again, there can specifically be a time to not give to dogs what is holy and to not throw your pearls to the pigs because they will just trample on the message and turn and attack you. And so that's what Jesus is saying here. And to be clear, he does not tell us exactly when this is. And so I won't try to do that either. But, back to our question on this of, but why though does Jesus say that here in this passage on judgment? Well, the answer to that is, it's because I think this verse now really in a way sums up and brings us full circle on this topic. Because all that said now, just think about this passage from Jesus now that we've covered it all. So Jesus started with verses 1 and 2 about generally not judging. And then in verses 3 and 4, Jesus really addressed us and applied this to us, telling us to be humble and to be so careful that we're not hypocrites. But then in verse 5, Jesus kind of did say that there could be a time we lovingly judge and take the speck out of someone's eye. But then finally, in verse 6 here, as one commentator I read this week on this said this, it seems that Jesus included this final verse because, especially after verses 3 and 5, quote, Jesus' disciples who are exhorted to love their enemies and to not judge may fail to consider the subtleties of Jesus' argument and become undiscerning simpletons. This verse guards against such a possibility, end quote. In other words, yes, we are always to love our enemies. And yes, there is a general command to not be judgmental. 
But then also, church, we are not undiscerning simpletons as followers of Jesus. Rather, there is wisdom in how we apply all this. Always humility, always love, but also wisdom. And that's why finally, just so you know, if, if you do have a bulletin, that's why I titled this message, Following Jesus by Wisely Avoiding Being Judgmental and Critical. Because I do think that's really what Jesus is getting at. We have to be wise in all of this. Because on the one hand, we are all so prone to look at other specks and forget our logs. We're also prone to be prideful and think we're so great. We're also prone to judge something when it is not to be our place to judge it and it's just our opinion. But then also the truth is we live in a broken, sinful world where there are people so deeply opposed to Jesus and his message and us. And so, like how Jesus soon in Matthew chapter 10 is going to tell us to be, quote, wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So I think that's what he's getting at here in verse 6. Because again, we primarily are to give judgment to God. We are always to be humble. We are always to love. But there's also a time to be wise and discerning for our good, for God's glory, and even for the furtherance of the gospel as well. So that's our passage, church. That's Jesus' warning against judgmentalism, pride, but also telling us to be wise. And I know, in many ways that was a lot, and yet, and yes, there are a ton of nuances now that we should think about as we try to apply this to our lives. But now, as we do come to a close, I just do want to, one last time, bring us back to Jesus' overarching point here. Jesus' overarching point. I just, I want to end by one more time thinking about how clearly applicable this whole passage is to us. Because one final time this morning, church, we all know how prideful and me-focused and opinionated and judgmental and thinking we're always right, we are. But finally for this morning, just imagine, just imagine if you and I in our lives were simply just like that, less like that. Right? Imagine if day in and day out, we just did not engage in that sort of thinking or speaking as much. Imagine how much better that would be for our lives. And that's why, as I've said a few times now, following Jesus in this passage really can be life-changing. Because yes, there are times to analyze and judge, but usually that is not what's going on in our judgments. Instead, we usually are judgmental and of people or issues that are not clear-cut in God's word or that are not our place to judge. And if we could all just be a little less like that, following Jesus, it would not only be more loving towards others and more glorifying to God, but man, it would be such a breath of fresh air for our lives as well. And so brothers and sisters, with all that said, now that we've heard from Jesus this morning, let's just aim to be more like that and follow him more. By God's grace, let's remove any logs from our eyes. Let's be wise in how we judge and overall, more and more, let's just be less critical and judgmental people for Jesus' glory, for the good of those we interact with, but also for our joy and freedom as well. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.